Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Jabroni, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter, you spell Jabroni. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. BJ Cruz here with my tag team partner, the man who put on the gift that I got for him right away, and I don't <laughs> think has taken it off since, the incomparable Jeremy Lost. Jay, what's up, dude? The shirt fits great. I also have the Ham and Slam one that you got me that I was yeah. debating on wearing today. Um, so we'll save that for another show. Say that yeah, next show. week I'll wear the Ham and Slam shirt. It's yeah. an incredible shirt. There you go. There you go. We are, of course, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Bet Online. The, usually, this is the time that we uh, we spend bantering, uh, you know, asking how each other's doing, how we're doing. We're still freaking quarantined. How do, th- how do you think we're doing? I got a haircut today. It looks like you got a haircut. Uh, yep. For those of us on the, on the video pod. But uh, let's just let's just jump right into it. We got a lot to t- to talk about this week. So with that, let's hop into the main event. And for this week's main event, we have a very very special guest on a member of the Blue Wire family, specifically the Blue Wire Wrestling Pod Squad. I coined that term. We're making shirts. We're gonna distribute it all around the country. My man, Double G. Garrett Gonzalez from the Fight Game Podcast. Is it okay that I used your full name, by the way? Because usually you just drop the double G on the pod, and I'm like, uh, is it? You know, you know how many Gonzalez's there are in this world <laughs> for for people to kind of look me up. No, but you know, thanks for bringing me on, man. Like I've been, I've been, you know, we've been trying to connect and trying to get together. I mean, just the fact that you know there are other wrestling podcasts that you know kind of take the audio thing seriously. Like I, I legitimately dig listening to you guys. So. So happy to be here, man. No, we appreciate it. We're big fans of your show as well. And uh, it's, again, when we heard more wrestling shows were joining Blue Wire, Jay and I were legitimately excited because we felt like the black sheep of the family. <laughs> like <laughs> Everyone's like, it was all, there was 95 NBA pods, 75. You just explained wrestling fandom in a nutshell. No, t- totally. Uh, absolutely. A thousand percent. So uh, when, once you guys join, and obviously we have, we have so many more now, you know, uh, CVV is, is with the squad, uh, Ryan Drosty and Top Rope Nation. So it's uh, it's it's been fantastic. The reason why we wanted to have you on is uh, so let, let's not bury the lead. Um, I, well, let's not bury the lead, but let's sort of bury the lead. Uh, today was a you know it was a rough day as a, as a wrestling fan. Um, a, a lot of releases, layoffs, however you want to frame it uh, in WWE. We'll, we'll kind of talk about that at, at the back end of this conversation. The reason why we wanted to have you on. Uh, was specifically some uh, some Ronda Rousey stuff. So she kind of riled up all of wrestling Twitter, wrestling she fans. She does a very good job at that. In general, right, which is partially why I wanted to, to have you on because uh, you and Jeremy have extensive MMA knowledge, so you obviously have followed her career very, very closely. Um, and I guess I just wanted – so first of all, if you haven't seen the comments, 
they came off pretty disparaging about pro wrestling and NWWE in general. My first question to you both, and and you know, was it is it a work? Is she working us? So here's what I was told. I was told that Rhonda was bored, like we're all bored. Uh, she did an interview, uh, and she was very complimentary toward the business of pro wrestling and the women who she worked with and who kind of brought her into that sorority, uh, that WWE family. The only thing she had an issue with, and she, this is not only with WWE fans, this is her MMA career too, is the fans. She feels that fans in general are disloyal. You know, they, they love you when you're on the way up and then, you know, they don't love you when you're on the way down. Uh, but she also is very smart and she knew the exact word to use for the wrestling blogs to cover her interview. Right. And it is that ever lasting F word, right? Fake. The second she said that she knew she was going to get a little bit of coverage out of this, which is exactly what happened. And then people will, uh, if they were kind of paying attention, she started doing a couple tweets. And from what I understand, literally she was just goofing off and you know she knows how to incite you know wwe fans in general are uh very hardcore loyalists sometimes i call them apologists in in a very sure. uh yeah non not non-negative way they just they just come to the defense of, of wwe so you know you saw some of the talent right some of the talent was like hmm how am i going to react because if she's for real coming back I would love to be the one doing business with her because right. that means a lot you know, of money, more prestige, more money you're on raw, more you're in the, you're in one of the main event programs. And so you saw a couple of people chime in and the one that, that uh, kind of overdid it a little bit was uh, Nia Jax. And she came off kind of looking like a goofball because from what I, from what I understand, you know, Rhonda's never going to come back full time, but I fully expect her to be at WrestleMania next year if there's a WrestleMania in LA, right? Sure. Like that's where, you know, that that's her, her town. And if Rock's going to be there and Austin's going to be there, Ronda's got to be there. Like like that that will be a, a thing that she will most likely do. Now, will she do a program? Hopefully, hopefully she could do something. Uh, you know, that would be the time to do it. But yeah, from from everything I've been told, she was just kind of bored, kind of goofing off and probably interested in, in the reactions too. Cause she's pretty savvy when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. She's super savvy when it comes to her, her media side of things, but she is super thin skinned as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, um, she does not take criticism well at all. Um, I was under the assumption that this was the work. Uh, she, I think she even said it on Twitter. She was like punching a, a Hulk Hogan doll saying it was a work. Um, I fully expect her to come back by WrestleMania. They need to do the Becky Lynch match, the one-on-one -on -one match. And I think that's what they'll end up doing. I think there's a lot of money there. So I think eventually she'll come back. Won't be full time. Um, but they'll do a program probably after Royal Rumble leading into WrestleMania. Just, I, I think there's too much money there. And it makes too much sense for her not to show up or for her to show up at uh, WrestleMania 37 in L.A. If it happens. I mean, there was talk today that L.A. or mass gatherings in California might not happen in 2021. So we don't even know if that's going to happen in Jeez. craziness and you know if, if you if you sometimes i like to compare the fighters to athletes that that we know and and really understand like you know when ronda is at her peak 
And and really, you know, women's MMA, when she was at her peak, the sport in of itself was very much like the early UFC, where if you had one dominant skill set and that dominant skill set was better than the other dominant skill sets, you could you could easily win fights. Like we saw that in the the entire history of the UFC until all of these fighters started training the multiple disciplines and just got good at everything. Then it just kind of turns into a boxing match, some you know, or a kickboxing match. But when Ronda was going good and when she was using her judo and, you know, she was winning all those fights in, in less than a minute, you know, I would compare her to someone like Kobe, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. But someone like Kobe who didn't really like he wasn't there to get the uh, the fanfare. He just wanted to win so desperately. And sometimes that made him a fan favorite. Sometimes that made him a complete jerk. And when Rhonda was sort of rising up to the top, that's kind of how I looked at, at her was, was kind of like the Kobe of women's MMA. But, you know, the evolution of MMA in general as a sport, because it evolves so quickly, there are very few fighters who can stay on top for, for very long. You know, John Jones is one of them. He's like the guy right now. But because uh, of the evolution of the athletes and, and the disciplines and, and there's so many variables in MMA, it's so hard to have a lengthy career. And obviously you're taking damage, right? Like right. Your, your, your physicality and your athleticism, it's, uh, it's taking a hit like constantly. So, you know, she at her peak, she's like Kobe, but when she's already been figured out, she's just like any, any other athlete who's sort of lost their skill set or lost their step or all of a sudden it's become a lesser athlete. And that's hard. You know, that's hard for any athlete that we, that we watch, um, you know, when you when uh, as, uh, as Warriors fans or as 49er fans, or whatever, we have knowledge of, of players who we really, really loved. And then, you know, as they got up in age and they weren't as good, like it's going to happen to Steph, right? At some point, Steph no, Curry. It's, it's actually never becomes... going to happen to Steph. <laughs> <laughs> but at, at some, at some point, Steph Curry, because he evolves into, uh, a more, I mean, he kind of is like the the Steve Nash on steroids, but he kind of yep. evolves into more of a savvier player using tricks who can still shoot the lights out, and that he'll evolve at that point. But for Ronda, it just happens so fast. So imagine you have you're you're the you're the most popular fighter in the game. You're so adored. Dana White is is prompting you everywhere, and then you lose, and then you lose again, and it's basically done. Like that's, that's gotta be hard to take. And so uh, Jeremy's right that she's a sore loser. That's also what made her great, but it's also just this part of her, which is like, I was indestructible and now I'm not even a top, you know, it's, a top five it, women's fighter. It's jarring when you go back and watch her last fight, which I was, I was actually cage side for, and you see the skill disparity between her and Amanda Nunez, like her striking for a while there, people were comparing, like saying like she could be a boxer. Because she knocked out Betch Gohea in 90 seconds and and she roughed up Beach of Tate for a while. Mm -hmm. Like people were like really high on her striking skills. And then you saw her against Holly Holm get pieced up for three rounds. And then when you saw her against Amanda Nunez, you're like, holy cow, this is like not even the same ballpark. Like it was bad. And I rewatched it and I was like, she's lucky she didn't like she lasted 40 seconds in that fight. She was getting hurt real bad. So um to kind of shift back into into wrestling. I, I do like she's a natural. I, I don't think we can, I think we can all agree that when it came to the in ring work, she was pretty damn good from the jump, though. There were kind of like 
there were stories going around that she was hurting. She was responsible for hurting Alexa Bliss for a while. And I think that that's part of the reason why Nia is, was quick to jump at like potentially like having a fight with her is because she's so protecting of, of Alexa Bliss, but bad idea though, by the way, really yeah. bad idea. <laughs> yeah. But, and I also find it funny that Nia is like complaining about somebody else hurting a, a, a oh, coworker yeah. oh, when she yeah. like hurt Becky Lynch, but um it's just, I would love to see her back because she is so natural at it in the ring. Like she was really, really good. So I'm hoping that she finds it in her again to, to step back in and at least give it a go for a few months. Um, like you said, I don't think she's ever coming back full time. I don't think it's in her. But, okay. So, uh, so this is a question for both of you, knowing you guys watched her entire run uh, in, uh, you know, 18 and early 19. Can, who, what, do you, what do you bring her back as? If you bring her back against Becky, she's more than likely the heel. Um, but I feel like they have such few opportunities to actually get people cheered like crazy. Her first time back, she's going to get cheered like crazy, like a baby face. But if she's up against Becky, then she automatically becomes the de facto heel. How would you guys bring her back? I, I like her as a heel. She had some moments when, during her run where she came off a little heelage. And she's pretty good. She can be. She can get people to hate her. It's obvious. She can get people to hate her. Um, so I actually like her as a heel. I would actually like it if they did the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen and allow her to be a heel faction with Shayna and Jessamine and Marina. Um, I think that would be great. And I think that would be an interesting way to use her. And you can, if she doesn't want to come back full time, not put in full effort, you can hide her a little bit um, and let, let Shayna do heavy lifting. So I, I think heel would be great. Yeah. As far, I mean, as far as we know, Jess and Marina are still on the roster. There were yeah. tons of people in the same boat as them. And it doesn't sound like they've been let go. Right. I'm sure there's still stuff to come out, but they're still there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm in the same boat there because during her run, I mean, the back end, she's, she kind of shifted to that heel role a little bit, kind of going at the crowd, going at Becky, going at Charlotte. Um, but, you know, toward the beginning, she she had that like white me baby face feel like around her, that aura, if you will, and like it just didn't feel as natural, right? Like because she's not she's not super great on the mic, right? Um, and I think that's that's one of the unless you're Braun Strowman who who can kind of get by on like three different words, <laughs> like you kind of need to be able to talk in order to get over, um, to get over that much as a baby face. As a heel, you can kind of play the hits. Right. And you can kind of be hated. And like she kind of already has a pre-written script to be a really, really good heel when she comes back. Right. She can use this um, and kind of just take it to the next level. So that's where I'd want to see her anyway, because I don't think we saw enough of it personally. Um, it, it was just whenever she tried too hard on the mic, her 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 greenness, if you will, just kind of like showed more than than it should because in the ring she was she was pretty much a natural right like she had her 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 bumps here and there but there were those moments whenever she would cut a promo where where she was definitely definitely trying too hard um where it, like it took me out of it and I, and I hated that I hated that fact that like I got taken out because I was rooting for her so hard to, to just succeed in general so I think that's where, where yeah, I'm yeah and I I agree um and that's one of those things where she's a better promo when she doesn't have to be scripted. Yep. But when she isn't scripted, her best promos are going to be 30 seconds or 45 seconds, right? Because that's where she's going to get to the core of what she wants to say. And in WWE, that's not what it is. You're out there for, you know, a minute or two, and then something happens, and then you pick back up, and you 
you know, that, so that, that is definitely not, that was not her strength as a performer. Uh, but that's also just sort of a byproduct of how WWE does business. And you're right. She's never going to be great at that part, unless she was just, you know, going strong for three years, right? Like you, you think about NXT and the performance center, like from day one, they are speaking uh, and cutting promos and doing yep. promo class and walking that ramp and, you know, doing stuff in the ring that they're going to eventually do so that they could get those repetitions down. That's just not something that she's built for. She, she's not going to go do that. So yeah, you're right. She, she, she is not cut for that kind of like baby face long promo. Yeah. One thing I, um, I wanted to kind of rewind a little bit back on was, you know, you, you guys touched on the fact that, you know, she's thin skinned and, you know, those two knockouts kind of at the back end of her MMA career really did something to her. And, and I, I feel I feel like that's kind of played into into what's happening now because it's like I feel like not so Naya's response was it was a little much right it was it was a little extra but then you read like someone's response like Alexa Bliss which was pretty well thought out I thought mm-hmm. you know she was she was she didn't come come back at Ronda it was almost like a hey but you know like I thought we were cool t- type of response and I feel like that all could have been squashed by Ronda just kind of like, yo, if you want to put this out, if you're bored, you want to do this, that, and the third, that's totally fine, right? It's entertainment, but at least hit them up on the side and be like, yo, this is just the, <laughs> this is just the work, right? Like, I, I'm just messing around. Uh, I hope you don't take it too personally. What Do you think kind of the combination of her being thin-skinned, her really questioning the fans, do, does that, is there a kind of like a, a mistrust already just kind of within her that prevented her from doing stuff like that, that kind of stop it from getting out of control in in a way so so for someone like ronda and i think brock is very similar right they walk into the back and they know where they came from brock you know from collegiate wrestling and being an all-american and also being able to uh win a heavyweight championship in the ufc and ronda with her pedigree you know olympic you know joka there's they 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 can be a little testy and edgy and they're also stars. So Vince McMahon is never going to um, necessarily ask them to play nice. Right. Right. So I think they, I think they utilize that. They have that mind games thing where they know that they're going to be able to handle any situation physically. And it's almost like they're so competitive that they want to see the other the other wrestlers raise their game. And and so it's quite possible because I know Ronda's good friends with like Natty and the Bellas. Yep. And, and so it, it's quite possible that she did reach out to Alexa on the side or whomever on the side and just say, hey, you know, we're, I'm just goofing around here. Um, but at the same time, Alexa and Naya and all these wrestlers, they're in this WWE ecosystem, right, where – if Rhonda chirps, they could either take it for what it is, which is they, they know that she's not being serious, but the WWE ecosystem wants to see them, uh, you know, you can't let Rhonda, you know, say that without you barking back. And so they have to do it, but it, it's in such a, I'm going to use this word again, and, and Alexa, make it mad. It's in such a fake way because we now know that it's part of the game because if this were, you know, if, if Ronda was really mad at these women and, and they 
wanted to settle it. Like it wouldn't happen. So, you know, I, I just think for, for someone like Alexa, for someone like Naya, they do it because they know that's what they're supposed to do. And I'm sure that they both understand that, you know, Rhonda's Rhonda and she's probably just goofing off and, and maybe building something, right? That's the other part of, of pro wrestling is a lot of the times when, when these guys or these women um, create, you know, a little bit of hype, you don't really want to like give them the wink, wink, nod, nod, because then it becomes a fake story and you want it to, to be a competitive and sort of realistic thing. Sure. So if Rhonda was to tell somebody, you know, oh, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I'm just kidding. Then they're like, oh, I get it. Now I have to come up with something. And so you just rather sometimes just rather them reply sort of honestly, like you would if it was like a real thing. So I think it's a bunch of all of, all of that stuff. But, you know, WWE is a little interesting in, in just the way that they promote. And so, you know, for Alexa, um, I think she answered it in, in the right way, which is, you know, she was cool. We're cool. The only I just had a problem with with the, the fake word. Why pro wrestlers in 2020 have a problem with the fake word? I have no idea. <laughs> it's like it's like the one thing like that just drives them crazy and makes them run through walls when I mean, I don't know. I don't know when's the first time you were made fun of for watching a fake thing i was probably like 10 <laughs> and i was like oh okay whatever i, I like it anyways who cares like that's how yeah. you're supposed to treat that thing yeah it just in, it instigates them so much you know i still get those messages like you know that's fake right i'm like i don't care like i know it is and i don't care i enjoy the shit out of it yeah, yeah it's, you it's... know you know what else i love that's fake tom cruise outrunning cars <laughs> like i love that stuff you yeah. know yeah, no, it's uh, we usually those messages usually come from people who like are like, you know, Thanos uh, had a point. You're like, all right, dude, just <laughs> <laughs> you need to relax. Um, so yeah, it's it, it'll it, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Ultimately, I you know I do want to see Ronda back, and obviously it won't be in a full time capacity, but just she brings she brings. Uh, a little je ne sais quoi, uh, you know, about her or around her when she comes to WWE. So um, it, she just makes the product more entertaining. Um, I, I really think, you know, Becky took her game to another level. I think just within herself, uh, knowing hasn't that hasn't been she, the same sense either. Yeah, right. and she, right. she's she's tried. That's a it's a key point in this whole thing. Yeah, she's tried to keep that up, um, and I I think. I don't think Vince is that stupid where he's like, you know, he, he doesn't see that. So at some point they got to bring her back as, as Becky's foil. I, I want to pivot here a little bit and talk to you just a little bit about kind of what happened today. Obviously uh, a huge, huge bummer with uh, WWE releasing. I think it was like up upwards of like 30. I, I lost count um, after a while. Uh, and not just wrestlers, uh, some, some backstage producers, some referees were let go. Um, you know, just, I guess just, I'll just throw, I'll cast the wide net here. Just kind of general thoughts um, from your end. I know you're going to talk about this more on your pod, so you know, feel free to just kind of, you know, again, general thoughts. Um, what was your initial reaction once once you kind of heard all this was coming down and, and when it actually happened? Uh, so, you know, the I think this, if you've been following uh, sort of the tea leaves, this begins with the XFL canceling. Yep shutting down completely right yep. so if you think about how that whole thing went down vince mcmahon supposedly has enough money to run for three years that was the number that that i had heard was three years 
without making a dime and he could invest that much money and try and get that TV deal. Uh, you know, his current TV deals were really only paying for the production of, of the, the, the broadcast. And so you have three years, you know, he, the WWE in general has, uh, it's just a cash cow. They have so much in, in their, uh, in their savings uh, that, you know, that they, they're built for this kind of thing where, you know, house shows are, are non-existent. I'm sure WWE network uh, buys are down. I'm sure WrestleMania was not a huge success on pay-per-view. So, in these times, they have actually built their their kitty fund to to where they're they're fine, 100 fine, no no problems. So when the bankruptcy piece happened, I, I guess I don't know why I was surprised, and I, I think I was surprised because I just assumed Vince was going to cut his losses for that first year. He still got two thirds of that money. He'll pay all the the what he needs to pay. And then he'll just reinvest that money into his own company. Instead, they file for bankruptcy. And if you looked at the list of the creditors, there were like people who they only owed like a thousand dollars to, like some photographer who they they hired, and she's on this list. And you know, small pieces. There's there's a I forget the the company that that the 49ers are, are part of, but they're on they're they're on this list for a much larger sum of money than than one one thousand dollars. But so you know that 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 is that is their thing, and and so the the bankruptcy thing happens, and then I go okay, that's a Vince move, it's a Donald Trump move, but I was you know I'm like I guess I shouldn't be surprised. So then the very I think I, maybe it's even the same day. I don't my, these day our days are getting mixed up. Yeah, it's I, all just one day, day leads right into the <laughs> yeah. other. <laughs> yeah, um, and then so then the thing comes out where they are now an essential business in Florida. So they can run all of their live TV shows. Um, you know, raw was live. Uh, I think NXT was live uh, as well. But so then we realized that I don't, I don't know if this was the main reason, the only reason, the biggest reason, but uh, Linda McMahon is, is running the, uh, the super pack. Yep. And there's 18 million dollars that that's uh, put in, in into uh, behind Donald Trump. So when you kind of look at that, and you go, hmm, like, is that the reason why they're essential? Like, is this sort of a quid pro quo kind of thing where it's scratch my back and I'll scratch yours? And so it, it's starting to feel a little 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 sleazy here. Um, and then today, when they fired all of the folks that they did, in the back of my mind, I just had this thought, like, you know they're really built for this thing. I wonder why they're firing all of this talent because they had just recently hired this talent to keep them away from AEW. A lot of them, not all of them. Some of them, they were already under contract, but you think about like the Mike Kanellis thing. Yep. You think about um, get Anderson and Gallows, like they were free agents at some point and Vince's, you know, signing people to five-year deals to keep them away from AEW. And so when you know there are smarter people than me looking into this and and uh, brandon thurston who's from uh wrestlenomics he started you know kind of digging in and again I, I i haven't looked into these numbers as much as he has but he was making some really interesting tweets and 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 one thing that he said was you know look uh, uh um you know a shelter in place or a shutdown like we're we're doing right now it doesn't hurt WWE because they're like I said they're built for this what they might be doing 
is that they might be cutting the costs so that they can still hit their revenue targets in 2020, which if that's the case, then you're like, oh my gosh, like all these poor people who are independent contractors and you, you put them back into a, uh, a market where nobody is going to be hiring because everyone's in the same shoes and worse than WWE because they are not built to sustain this right. kind of thing. Jesus. And so far, you know, AEW, Bellator, UFC, they haven't really, I haven't heard anything where they've, you know, they fired any of the talent. So I don't know. It's all, it's all, if you can, you know, I, I'm sure some of this is just me being uh, super negative and not giving WWE the benefit of the doubt. Cause I've seen so much, you know, and then they also had the, the COVID uh, positive from one of their talents. Yeah. Um, and, and the timeline on that thing kind of seemed a little interesting, you know, it kind of comes out, you know, after WrestleMania is over. So, you know, th there's lots of things going on there and, um, you know, I, I don't want to be negative about them, but you know, when you, when you look at this stuff and you, and you kind of see, you know, I, I talked to somebody from talent today who was on that list of folks to, uh, to, to be relieved of their duties and, and, and I, you know, I was just wondering about the furlough versus who gets fired. And this person was saying like, look, even, you know, even people who we may think get furloughed, um, they may not be full-time. So you can't get full furloughed if you're not a full-time employee. Right. right. So, so, you know, there's lots of stuff there and, and it's frustrating and it's sad. And I think it's probably not good for anybody, you know, mentally to just crap on WWE, but it is it is kind of sad to see something like this happen when um, they are such a uh, successful business that they didn't have to do this. And, you know, who am I to tell Vince McMahon how to run his company like th this? This is his thing. But when it comes to humanity and, you know, putting people out on the street uh, at this time uh, of, of our life. Right. Like, you know, we all know people who have struggled and who have, have worked for companies and and um, it sucks, you know, I'm like looking for ways to, to help friends and stuff because, you know, I, I don't like to see people, you know, in, in these situations. And, you know, I'm thankful, you know, that my job is fine um, and, you know, my health and my family and all that stuff is good. So I, I'm thankful, but still, you know, I'm just I'm just thinking about all these people, not only in, in WWE, it's just in the, in the world right now who are who are struggling. And it's the thing that we're so close to because we do podcasts that it's very easy to go like, oh, I wish it wouldn't have happened this way because then I could see and I could say, you know what? I'm supporting a company that thinks the way that I think and that believes in the things that I believe. And it's just not like that. And so, you know, Vince is a cutthroat businessman and that's the way he he's doing business today. Uh, but I think it's open for debate for us to disagree with that and to be frustrated with that and to you know, to just really be uh, bummed for for the people who we watch day in and day out and just sad for them that that they have to kind of figure things out like other people that we know in our lives. Yeah. And to speak to your your point about them trying to hit their revenue targets, I don't know if you saw this, but like immediately once the releases started happening, people were screenshotting their their stock prices and you can actually see the WWE stock rising throughout the day, which made me feel super grimy just watching it happen <laughs> because I was I was emotional watching all these people get let go and I don't have any connection to these people, but still yeah. like in these trying times, you, you, you think about what they're going to what they're going to go through. You look at Mike and Maria, like they just, they have two young kids and, and like that stuff is heartbreaking. So it, it's really tough. It's a tough pill to swallow when you see all this happening and you start to feel kind of dirty. Cause you might think like, 
there might not be like there's some nefarious reasons as to why they're doing this not so much of like a cost-cutting thing um and, and i think there was there was reports going around that like wwe actually owned a stake in xfl which was yeah totally not going to happen right. originally so that might have been an issue as well like they're they're trying to like cover that that cost but the whole situation like there's there's people much smarter than i am that dived into it that if you guys want to go check it out please do but like it just felt dirty and it it looks like it's going to continue to happen these in these coming days like i still feel like there's there's more people to be laid off especially in nxt because i think there's only a handful of nxt talent that were actually let go today but i feel like there's going to be more to come uh in the next few days which doesn't make me feel good at all yeah i mean look that they're they're able to produce their tv so at, you know that that was supposedly one of the reasons one of the things that they were worried about was they wanted to produce their tv so that they, so that fox or usa would still be paying them for the live live events and uh and and so at the very least you're like okay if they're going to skirt these you know these rules and run as an essential business at least they're going to make the money that they make so that the talent is going to be fine and that's the opposite of what happened. And it was kind of mind-boggling to me to see them go through all this way on the backs of some of the people who got uh, let go. Like, look, Drake Maverick was supposed to be in this NXT Cruiserweight tournament. Uh, he still is. He still tournament. is. Is he still in it? Yeah, so which, is, still in it. which is even more wild. Like, he, he cut or he released a video right after he got cut um, and said, like, I, I'm still going to do the tournament. And literally, I was watching NXT uh, before we hopped on here. And they had they threw he's they threw his promo up there like <laughs> like he's gonna be in the in the tournament. What is going on? Well, it's like you have you have the photo of no way no way Jose on the on an empty plane going to Florida, um Sunday, and then he's cut on Tuesday like that or Wednesday like it's just it's crazy like it, it really does, I feel for these people that like are putting their health at risk to help this company and then they get cut like two days later. It's, it's well, really- you know WWE is. Uh, Look at the way that they run, look the way UFC runs. You know, AEW is not exempt from this either. These are all independent contractors. If they wanted to, you know, Seth Rollins was on Instagram Live today talking about, oh, you know, we as the wrestling business has to have to come together and we got to support each other and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I get it. It's a good message. Don't try to babyface WWE right now. But at the end of the day, the way that you help wrestlers is you help them in security you help them with health insurance and if you guys were to unionize you know you know the time to unionize literally would have been vince mcmahon goes hey guys we're taping wrestlemania uh you know two weeks in advance that's the time to unionize because he is desperate to get this product in the can so that wrestlemania can happen but look you know they're all you know, all of the guys there are so much about, oh, this has been my dream. You know, if you're if you're in the top 10 percentile, you're doing fine. And and the bottom 90 percentile, uh, maybe some some of them are probably actually doing a lot better now because AEW came along and, the, and they're con- they were all of a sudden worth more. But, you know, you can also just uh, be let go like 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 they are uh, today. Um, you know, imagine imagine, uh, you know, Major League Baseball players union or the NBA players union, you know, you have a three-year deal for $45 million and WWE's like, I know we just signed this three months ago, but here's your downside guarantee or whatever 
and you're gone. Like, you know, imagine like if you were to do that to an NBA player, fans would go nuts and be like, oh, that, how can you do that? You know, you sign them to a three-year deal. But for WWE, the fans overlook that stuff because they, you know, worship the company and then it's all about the company does everything right. So it's an interesting, interesting way to look at things. That's why, you know, for us, we watch real sports and we can kind of compare what happens when you have a strong players union or when you have a player, uh, you know, players that are just as important or more important to the actual sport as the people who put the money into it. In wrestling, you know, what is the, the I think the, I think the um, basketball related income, it's like 50, 50 between the players and the owners. Yeah, it's pretty it's, close. It's right around there. Yeah. Right. In WWE, it's like 10%, less than 10%, something like that. So, you know, the UFC is a little bit better, but not, they're nowhere near 50%. <laughs> yeah, right? nowhere near. So just looking at it from that perspective, you really feel for those guys, but it's like, you know what? Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for you guys to to make things better for yourself and use your leverage. And I I, I can bet 100% that it's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it, again, it, it's just a huge bummer. Um, I, we were actually... Jeremy and I were texting when the news came out that there was probably going to be some some firings or some releases today, and I was like, "Well, I don't know how much we could talk about it on the show because we there's no names yet." Ten minutes later, like <laughs> thirty five <laughs> names come across Twitter, and you're just like, I, "I I didn't want to see the names, right?" You're like, "I hope this isn't as bad as like I'm making out to be in my head," um, and it was it was it was it was just as bad, and it, it was it was just so sad. I mean, I mean, you had guys like Drake Maverick, literally three hours before the announcement was watching WWE, the bump supporting, you know, the, the place that he works at. Um, and then again, three hours later, he's releasing a video just saying like, I just got a call. He's in tears and it's, it's just heartbreaking. It's, it's just a heartbreaking time. And, um, you know, with all that being said, I, I guess gut instinct, do you think that any, a lot, none of the guys and girls who were released today end up in AEW anytime soon? Um, Zack Ryder and Cody Rhodes are best friends. I expect Zack Ryder to be there at some point. Okay. Um, I would I would sign Anderson and Gallows because I think they are a they're a nice little uh, gateway to New Japan. If you if you want to right. work with New Japan, yep. They had, they were successful as part of the Bullet Club they could still do the bullet club or a version of the bullet club in AEW. Uh, the problem is the AEW has a lot of tag teams now. Uh, Leo rush is a guy that I don't know if they would sign because he is historically a knucklehead as far as being in the locker room and not very well liked. If he grows up, he is so dynamic and so talented. He would be awesome. But um, you know, there, there are tons of people who, who are good wrestlers good hands who will be successful in in other places um i but it, but if i'm aew i probably am not signing anybody right now because of the uncertainty yeah and look they they are so lucky that they re that they signed their contract with with uh, tnt which was uh, it was only after a few months where they kind of re-upped it yeah, for, that was for huge. more money. Yeah, the timing was so great for them because if not, like they could be in uh, you know in some trouble too. I don't think they would be in XFL trouble, obviously, because they're actually putting on a good product. But 
you know, they, they're not getting houses. They're not, you know, they, they were expecting, you know, a, a large house for that blood and gut show. They're going to run the uh, double or nothing pay-per-view, but what does pay-per-view empty arena pay-per-view mean when you're charging 50 bucks or whatever? Like I'm trying to figure out what, the, what that's going to look like with the, with these matches for double or nothing. So, you know, they're obviously going to be down in, in their targets as well. And it, you know, it's really, you're really going to see, we've already seen Vince McMahon, you know, I was talking to uh, uh, Dave Meltzer, who's a really good friend of mine. Um, and we were saying right when this thing happened, like literally when Rudy Gobert was patient zero in the NBA, I was at his house and we were watching AEW on TV. And I was like, Oh my God. And he goes, the world just changed. And I was like, well, you know, what's going to happen. And so we were talking and we both came to the conclusion that what you're going to see during this really tough time is you're going to see the leadership and you're going to see who is, who the real leaders are and who the real leaders aren't. So, you know, whether it's Tony Khan or, or Joe Coff with ROH, uh, um, you know, the TNA folks, the, the couple people that run that company, uh, we'll see, we'll see how they deal with, these things because you know the fact of the matter is you have uh, when you run a company you are not only responsible for yourself or for your uh you know your executives you're responsible for the lowest person on the totem pole as well and so you know if aew and a bellator and a ufc if they could kind of go through this time and 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 go through unscathed and not not have to, you know, drop people who are making not a lot of money because they're worried about that bottom line. Great for them because if because if you if you can look up to your leadership and you believe in your leadership and you see them problem solving uh, in a creative way, so that you know you're the worst person on or the lowest person on the totem pole is not affected. That's leadership, and I, I it's hard because who knows who knows how long this thing lasts and. You know, baseball and football and basketball, they, their times are coming and we'll see what they do because uh, I don't I don't think uh, empty arena basketball or playing baseball in Arizona <laughs> with, with players sitting six feet away from each other in the stands. I don't think that stuff is going to work, but we'll see how desperate these guys get. You know, who, who's who's been running their business to where they could afford uh, something like this to happen? Probably not a lot of people. They're, this is just so unexpected. I mean, the UFC is looking to do Fight Island. That's where we're at right now. Like, it's uh, it's difficult. Yeah, they they have a card for uh, May ninth. Yeah, and I and I think the expectation is that Nevada pulls back on the uh, uh on the gatherings of you know more than ten people or whatever. And I think that's Dana's hope is that they change that uh, starting in May. And if they do, then he can run out of his Apex Center. And if they don't. Then he's probably following Vince to Florida, I, I think. Yeah, that's what I've seen is that he wants to do Florida if he can't do Fight Island. I mean, he is dead set on wanting to do Fight Island for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if they run it in in Nevada, that's probably they'll probably do it at the Apex. There's also the the card that they were supposed to do. What was it last weekend or this weekend? Uh, it was supposed to happen at Tai Chi Palace, which is in oh, yeah. California. Um, so I mean they're they're dead set on running some quarter some sort of show. I feel for the fighters though, especially the ones that have been on the like different cards here and there because like they're cutting weight too. So oh, yeah. like they're having to cut weight and then and then they're not fighting and then they're they're maybe putting weight back on and having to cut weight again. It's just I feel for those guys. 
Uh, this whole situation sucks, though, and, and we'll see how things kind of shake out in the next few months. Yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, it's definitely a day. I think I, I think I, t- I tweeted this out earlier. It was just you know I loved wrestling my whole life, um, and and today is just one of those days where you just didn't enjoy it. You know, it just you just didn't enjoy being a fan because if you cared less, maybe you might care less about all these people kind of losing their jobs. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. And hopefully, this is. Uh, I mean, it's 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 likely not the last that we're going to hear about stuff like this happening. Um, but hopefully, it's it's not too many more in the future. Um, Double G Garrett, thank you so much for hopping on the show, man. Dropping the knowledge left and right. Uh, tell everyone where where they can find you. Tell them about the pod. Tell them where they can follow you on the socials. Give, give them all give them all the good stuff. Uh, the Fight Game Podcast. You can uh, follow us uh, on Fight Game Media on Twitter. That's the Twitter handle at Fight Game Media. All the podcasts are posted there. Also, FightGameMedia.com. All the information is there for podcasts, and we have we have we have uh, articles up there as well. Uh, so for my personal social, I'll spell it out, and then I will tell you if if you're wondering why that is my personal social handle. Uh, the the pinned tweet has has the story, but it's spelled R O H E B L I U S. That's where you can find me. Um, I will probably also, in addition to to the Fight Game podcast with me and my partner John Larocca, um, I'm probably going to be doing a Wrestling Observer Radio with Dave Meltzer at some point this weekend too. So if you're a subscriber, uh, heads up on that. But yeah, just you know, we have time to do stuff and. You know, when I can turn off my my computer for my real job, then, you know, and, and you know, when outside of hanging out with uh, with my fiance and her kids, you know, then my other passion is doing this stuff. So I, I enjoy it. And I'm glad that you guys invited me on. And, you know, I'm glad to see uh, us uh, with some blue wire synergy. I love it. You know, keep kicking butt, guys. You too, man. This won't be the last time. We'll uh, we'll, we'll have you on again soon. Absolutely. Thanks, dude. All right. Thank you. A big thank you again to Double G from the Fight Game Podcast. Uh, always love talking to that dude. Obviously, uh, it's the first time we've had him on this show, but we've uh, our, our text conversations are, and our uh, Blue Wire Slack, or I'm sorry, Microsoft Teams uh, <laughs> channels uh, is it's always a lot of fun just talking wrestling. Um, before we head on to the uh, the back end of our show here, we're going to talk about our friends over at Bet Online. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live, daily matted NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. Still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. All right, so let's jump into the Wednesday Night Wars. Not a whole bunch to talk about, but there was a much-anticipated debut tonight on NXT. Our boy, Killer Cross. Hold up. That's not his name. Say his name correctly. <laughs> no, I refuse to say his name. His name is terrible. All right. It, all right. So we all know him, know and love him as Killer Cross. In the WWE, he is now known as Karrion Cross. Yikes. <laughs> if they change Scarlett Bordeaux's name, I'm going to throw a fist. Well, they can't because they, she's already debuted, right? 
Well, I mean, they could do whatever they want. Like, yeah, that's true. Like, they've been changing active guys' names. But uh, the debut we, yeah. was actually quite shocking to me because if you remember, after NXT TakeOver, they showed him in the car eyeballing Johnny Gargano. Well, he attacks tonight. He attacked Tommaso Ciampa. Um, I thought he was going to go for the winner, but whatever. I'm I'm down for for Killer Cross versus Tommaso Ciampa. I think that'd be fucking awesome. Um, I like the the introduction of Scarlet as well. Um, the way they introduced them was Tommaso was on the floor. If you guys haven't seen it yet, and then you see Scarlet's like patent leather boot. Yep. Uh, come through, and then Killer is just like full Killer mode, breathing spreading that that covid-19 face to face he he took he took a, an aggressive covid-19 test before that <laughs> for that segment uh, but uh i am super jacked for this we've been waiting for this yeah. um no i was i was pleasantly surprised that he went after champa but it also kind of makes sense because i think if it was if it was him and scarlet taking on johnny uh and candice it that'd be almost like a heel heel thing um, which which yeah. I guess wouldn't have made a ton of sense, and um, I you know I think they're riding this this Champa thing out where he's, you know, where he's a babyface for a while longer. Clearly, <laughs> that's clearly the decision that they made. But it's it does make for an interesting matchup. Uh, I think I mean I, the the great thing is it would have been great either way, right? Either way yeah. they went, it would have been very very good. Um, it was just like you said, it was surprising to see him do it in the fashion that it happened too, because Champa was just cutting this promo in the back and all of a sudden he got like yeah he looked like he got murdered <laughs> yeah it was pretty aggressive i also liked the 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 way that he closed the show by just saying tiktok in his face yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. i love this this angle that they're going with um i think it gives them a monster heel to work with that uh, a lot of fans know and that have respect for the work that he's done um and scarlet is incredible yep like she's great uh her work in impact wrestling was phenomenal yep um so i'm really looking forward to this hopefully we can kind of build this out for a little bit longer maybe he even like maybe he doesn't feud with Tommaso. maybe he's attacking both of them and he just like that way they it brings them back together in a way like ultimately they're going to want to bring Tommaso and johnny gargano back together yeah in some, way, in some, some capacity. sort of fashion yeah so what if killer cross is just attacking both of them and being that nuisance but We'll see how this plays out. I'm just really excited that he's actually on TV. Um, shifting gears a little bit, we did have a tease for what is next for Velveteen Dream. It looks like with with Adam Cole um, currently on on at home, just not challenge, not not wrestling. <laughs> so we're gonna get Finn Balor versus Velveteen Dream, and I cannot yes. fucking wait. Yes, please. That I mean, look, I, I've wanted to see Dream Cole for for a long time now and obviously that has kind of come to a halt because of everything that's happened but if there was any consolation prize that they were going to offer Finn Balor is a pretty damn good consolation prize <laughs> like and they had to figure out something for Finn Balor too because he can no longer take on Walter like right. he can't wrestle Walter for the foreseeable future yeah so why not have him thrust into the NXT championship picture which he was going to be in eventually anyways yeah and now you could potentially once everything like you can have these two feuded out for a little bit, kind of uh, take over for the next few months until this thing kind of clears up a little bit or until they figure out what they can do. And then when things kind of get back to normal or close to normal, because things are never going to be normal again, 
like we can have the triple threat of Dream, Finn Balor, Adam Cole, and that's a banger. Dude, that's that's, that's an incredible takeover match. Um, obviously, it may have came, it may have come together under like not the best of circumstances because I do think the the if everything was normal, uh, that Finn Walter thing, I think they could have extended that a while. Uh, they they could have like. You could have had Finn Walter for a long time. Finn eventually wins it, and then you can have the Finn challenges the NXT champion, and then you can have whoever wins as like the the UK and normal right. NXT champion. Exactly. Like, belts. like yeah. there's just scenarios there that play out that are just so mind boggling that would be incredible. Um, but obviously, the COVID situation just threw a wrench into everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then lastly, just want to touch on. Uh, some AEW tidbits. Uh, the big thing was just that Mox defeated Jake Hager in what I figured was a was a pretty bad match. Um, they needed a crowd in the worst way. Um, I just don't like those two working together. I don't think Jake Hager has what it takes to to keep up with Mox at this stage. Um, obviously, if it was Jake Hager who was um, kind of in his prime when it came to in ring wrestling. I think there might have been a, an interesting match there, but now I just don't think he can hang with them. Um, and, and we all just want to see something else for Mox. I'm tired of Mox versus the inner circle, to be honest with you. I want to see Mox yeah, face, they gotta, face somebody else. They got to move away from that. And I mean, I think, I think it will eventually. Jericho's kind of found his new thing. Um, and, and he's Jericho's, all- can we talk about Jericho and how gold he is for AEW? Yes. Yes, Jesus, always. man, that guy. Everything he touches in that company, he can is do anything. Old. He's he's. It's just wild to me how he's. Uh, this is kind of a science tangent, but just kind of reinvented himself, like over yeah. and over and over again. And every time, it's super effective. Like this is a, this is a, obviously a smaller version of a reinvention, right? Like him just being on the commentary booth, but like fire, dude's just dropping gems and left and like right, being open to joining. Excuse me, I guess I'm fighting off a sneeze. Um, joining the Matt Hardy situation and wanting to yeah. do an elite deletion match and really leaning into the absurdity of what Matt Hardy does. Like, that's incredible. His Le Champion gimmick was yeah. incredible. Like, there were people shitting on him in AEW and becoming the first AEW champ, and they just don't realize what he's meant to that company. He legitimized that belt. He made that belt. He's done everything that he could to make that company. And he's just every time he goes to work for them, he's putting on an incredible performance. He is one of the best of all time. He is so good. Yeah. He's uh, I, I don't think that's even debatable anymore. You know, I, I was, I was one of those people who was, who questioned putting him as your first champion. Um, and mainly because, you know, I, I, I think I compared it to like, it was just very similar to what WWE was doing with, you know, with Brock and just kind of giving it to the horse that, you know, um, mm-hmm. instead of kind of giving it to the future, which was at that time, Adam, uh, hangman, Adam page. Right. So, so it was, um, I was wrong, uh, <laughs> flat out. Cause this dude is fucking incredible. Um, and he, he deserves all the good stuff that he's, uh, that is, that is coming his way. I think that that feud with Matt Hardy is going to be, incredible um i cannot wait for that match because i i'm like just i want to see what they can do because i know for a fact matt hardy wants to to top the boneyard match he wants to show the yes he could do and his creativity and kind of shove it to to vince and like really shove it up his ass and just say like hey this is what you missed 
Um, if you were going to start doing this, this is what you missed out on. Yep. And I think they're going to do something like just off the wall crazy. Absolutely. All right. Uh, that's 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 definitely it for uh, our segment on the Wednesday Night Wars. And, and, and actually the show, we're going to wrap up here. Just uh, again, we, we talked a lot about it with Garrett. Um, but again, it, it was just a bummer of a day. And uh, I hope that, um, you know, all those people laying on their feet um, in in whether it's back with WWE eventually kind of once all this stuff clears out or uh, with AEW, with, with Ring of Honor, with New Japan, just um, the, the stuff that you just, I think we've started to see um, kind of as, as all these documentaries and everything that's come out, how hard it is to get there and everything you have to sacrifice to, to do what they do, to the way they put their bodies on the line to get there and then every night thereafter um they they don't get enough credit uh to kind of call back to, to something garrett was talking about earlier like the easy thing to do is just call what these t- what these people do fake um what's not fake is the fact that they lost their dream job right yep. and um, they lost their livelihood today yeah. like what you could do today to support those people is go to pro wrestling tees go buy find shirts. a spot where you can buy yeah. their shirt buy their merch every little bit helps um this is going to be some tough times coming coming ahead for these people and for everybody i mean i don't think we've seen the worst of it um so i mean just reach out if you know somebody that's going through a tough time reach out to them give them a call um if you can afford it maybe reach out and and buy a shirt do something um every little bit helps absolutely well thanks as always uh for listening don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And uh, if you're feeling spicy, leave a review. And if you leave a one-star review for us, that's fine. (laughs) But please make sure that's factual because the one-star review that we got was bullshit. Dude, yeah. So for those of you who are unaware, I discovered that we finally got our first one-star review, which I actually kind of appreciate because like, I look at all the people who've kind of who do who do this for who do this right and everybody has haters. Everyone has a hater, and the, we didn't have any yet. We had the person who's kind of lukewarm on us, and I was like, "Damn, we haven't pissed anyone off to the point of like hating us." Someone said that all we do is like all we're ju- we're just WWE fans. Okay, first of all, we spend probably sixty to seventy percent of the show complaining about wwe yeah they said they said all we do is trash everything that's not wwe i was like if anything it's the total it's, opposite yeah, the opposite <laughs> so if if you're gonna if you're gonna send some shade at least be accurate about it if that's all right. we're asking you know yeah just be factual in your hate yes and exactly accept it exactly. all right make sure you follow us on social too follow us at two jabronis pod on instagram and on twitter uh you can also follow us at two jabronis pod in the br app uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss, and you can follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. All right, everyone. We will uh, we will see you next week. Don't be a jabroni. Keep washing your hands. Keep staying home. And everyone, stay safe. Stay everybody. safe. Peace. Bye.